Last time on Geek Force, the squad talked about so many fun things. We mentioned uh, Battle for Lord of the Rings. We mentioned uh, Final Fantasy. We mentioned so many things on Geek Force. This is happening today, now on Geek Force. Welcome to Geek Force, the show where pop culture rules all. I'm your host, Kat. With me today is the lovely G-Squad of Marlon, Ray, and only myself, Amy. Today is her time to go out and save the universe, so we wish her well and do Amy well. Amy right now to is providing yeah. um, help and screen doctoring the latest Fast and Furious script. Mm. So Amy gets put off writing her novel to assist uh, Vince and the gang they help. as Very they uh, rewrite <laughs> they need lots of help. this this final this uh, final quote unquote final uh, movie of the trilogy of the I'm so glad saga they call her in because she's perfect for she knows exactly how the characters how exactly. how to even like estimate what their goals are are so mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. they they're in good hands. Yeah. When you <laughs> when you work on a passion project, you typically you know you know really put your whole self into it. And I think with this passion project for Eming, I think this might be one of the best Fast and Furious films out there. Did you did you say passion project or hate, hate project? <laughs> so sorry, uh, passion uh, with the with the ah, capital okay. P. All right, just, just double checking. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, you guys, to a brand new episode. How's everyone doing? How's everyone feeling? Hmm. Good, 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 good. good. You know, Ray and I saw the wonderful comedy stylings of Ben Schwartz and Friends recently, and oh, nice. uh, it was pretty hilarious. That was fun. Oh, I bet you that was that super was fun. funny. Yeah, long form That's improv. Great, it's good stuff. You remember, remember uh, Eugene Cordero from The Good Place? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was there too. I was like, "You're an improv dude." Wow, I wouldn't have guessed it, but also great. Dang. He was. He was so good. Wow, I'm glad you guys had fun. Um, well, we're yeah, about to have some fun and absolutely. talk about some cool movies and shows. Um, this one, I've been, I think this was, this was on someone's list about Creed 3. I, I might be wrong. This might have been in someone's 2023 list, but Creed 3 has been out for a few weeks now. It is Michael B. Jordan's big debut or di- di- directorial debut um you know it stars him it has tessa thompson and it has our favorite jonathan majors um mm. again it continues to the the saga of apollo creed and what he's about it kind of goes more personal in involving a old childhood friend back when he was a teenager which is played by jonathan majors and how that's gonna affect him coming out of retirement and back into the ring as he has to put aside their friendships to Go for the gold. Yes, it's very anime style. I will say that. And that's something I want to talk about later. But um, yeah, this movie was pretty good. It was amazing. Um, I, I just want to hear you guys' thoughts of um, you've seen it, this movie, how you felt about it. How did you feel about uh, Jordan behind the, the helm of directing instead of um, Cooler? I mean, you can see that. I think. This is one of those examples where being close with a director the way that Michael and Ryan are, that you can definitely see that there was, um, like, not assisting, but there was, like, inspiring. There's definitely inspiration from, like, Michael Jordan really attached himself into this, you know, not only, you know, there's, not only does Eming have a passion project, but this is definitely um, Michael Jordan's passion project was this franchise. I mean, he is responsible for basically reinvigorating it. Like, you know, him and Ryan Coogler were like, we're going to just reignite uh, 
the Rocky franchise, but just it's with Creed now. And so in doing so, the Rocky universe is back up there again. And people are really into them to the point where like there's even an Ivan Drago, uh, sorry, a Victor Drago in this one to like really tie in. Hey, this franchise is like really encompassing so many things, but it's also being adjusted, being changed and given this new focal point, which we kind of all been, you know, I, as someone who loved Apollo Creed from the Rocky films, and I was really sad when he died, I was like, that guy is so charismatic. He's so cool. It's really great to kind of see them like, really, let's just go into that dynasty. What does that look like? And so it was great to watch it to be a part of it. And I'm excited to see what Michael B. Jordan honestly puts the camera on next. You know, this is definitely really, you know, scoring high on these ratings. It's going to pull in a bunch more money. So I'm excited to see where he sets his eyes on next uh, and how he's going to insert anime in it this time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. For you guys, there's a lot of scenes that were, you know, a lot of anime reference scenes. What was your favorite scene um, in this movie where you're just like, wow, he went there or, oh, he did that. Uh, I think <clears throat> scenes, it's hard for me to pick one like that. Um, I think, uh, I really liked the intros to the boxing fights and how he was like scanning, uh, like I, like he'd scan past their eyes and then scan past their belt where it says their names and then like kind of scanned up. It almost felt like a fighting game intro. Mm-hmm. Like every time they, every time they were about to start a match. Um, and so I actually think I liked that the most of course there's the there's the big scene and the big fight um that like i think for any rocky i can't imagine what a hardcore rocky fan felt about that right. scene. i actually like really want to know um because uh because it just is very it's it is it is very anime <laughs> um to an extent and like there is and i just i liked it because it was different but I could see a lot of people complaining about it because it was very different for uh, for a Rocky franchise like movie. It was very art. It was a very art heavy, very like compared to a lot of Rocky things that are just like quick cuts and brutal fights and like just the realism of a boxing match and stuff. So, um, but I really liked my answer to that question is the scans and the the like the fighting game intros that they that they were doing. Mm-hmm. I like the scenes. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think for me, um, I think the establishing scene where we establish that um, where we establish that Damien is a different kind of person. Like I forget the, who the guy is fighting, uh, but you get this scene where he's just absolutely just going beyond what what adonis had learned like adonis you know in the first film is 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 definitely more emotional more like i gotta hurt this guy but then he kind of understands like where his power comes from but then to kind of see him watch someone he's close to be who he was or who he used to be it was great to kind of see the tension of the scene like oh like this other guy's in danger and adonis is able to see that guy's in danger it's like this has to stop like oh my goodness like like to to kind of like go from like i care for you and then be like oh you actually are a danger now and really allowing kind of like the eyes to kind of act in the face to kind of act like really kind of like set the stage for who these two are and where the problem aligns is is that he's basically fighting his past self uh who is now manifested in front of him that also has other additional baggage so it's kind of great to realize like great like this person who i care for hasn't grown and is in fact 
has not grown in the way that I have, but has grown in a way that I could have been. He is who I could have possibly been had I not been pulled to the side and had a talking to. That brings up one of my complaints about this movie. Mm-hmm. Rocky should have been in this movie. And Rocky not being in this movie is actually like that was my kind of weird. Yeah. How did you guys feel without no like no mentioning of Stallone's I, character at all? I it it just it just didn't feel right. Especially when uh Creed was like Adonis was put in a couple of situations that just felt like he would have gone to go talk to Rocky here. Mm-hmm. Like he like at least I feel like at least Sylvester Stallone should have been in there for something like that. Mm-hmm. Like if he wasn't going to be there around the family and and uh, what's his name? Who somebody passed away in the middle of the movie? Oh, the mom. Yeah, Felicia mm-hmm. was where was where was where was where was spoiler? Sorry, uh, listeners, <laughs> but that was that was one of the like I don't like to do that usually, but I was like, wait, somebody died, and that was another reason why I felt this way. Mm-hmm. Rocky would have been at that funeral. Yep. Why wasn't Rocky at that funeral? Yep. Like. Um, and that was just because he didn't bring Sylvester Stallone on. And I really want, I, after watching it, I was even more curious. I was like, is there bad blood between them? Is there, what? like, yeah. what? I'll give you I the saw tea. that he executive produced, so he was willing to. That was a, that was a, I read something about it. That was a pity, Sylvester, like, oh. that was one of those, like, Will Smith executive produces Cobra Kai. Mm. That's because Will Smith owns the the, yeah. the Karate Kid franchise, like, so they kind of have to throw his name on there. <laughs> That's That was that. Yeah. For Sylvester Stallone. I think what's been reported is that Stallone doesn't like the producer Erwin Winkler, who is attached to the film franchise currently. He's he's going. He said a few times, okay. if it was just Michael B. Jordan, I would absolutely sign on to do this project, but not if the other guy's involved. And the other guy is Erwin Winkler. Is Erwin Winkler? <laughs> he's it. like a he's That's like a it. longtime franchise producer. He's he, I think he has like some influence on like the creative direction of Creed, and he's and he's been pretty like he's he's been on record being like I don't like it when like they take. Basically, he doesn't like dark, broody action mm, films, and he's like, yeah. I feel like they're he, he, he's no right saying, yeah, he's like, I feel like they're making this Friday's kind of like a dark and broody, like gritty film when it should just be about like boxing and, and overcoming adversity. But he's like, he has mm. gone on saying that he doesn't have anything against Michael B. Jordan or any bad blood, but it's the other guy, Erwin Winkler, that he's like, I don't want to work with him. Okay. That would that would <clears throat> that helps at least. I still feel like. It was weird not having Rocky mm-hmm. in this movie. Agreed. Um, I thought he died. I thought yeah. they were going to be like, oh, he passed or something in the movie. But no, nothing. And I was like, so he just doesn't exist anymore? <laughs> I think that's yeah, a big loss. I, I think it's a big loss for a film that, as we're talking about, is about a man facing his past. And who out of anyone in that franchise could be like, I understand where you're coming from. I understand needing to put this man like, you know, and behind you. And that might mean actually putting hands on him like that would have been a great like even if they i feel like even if they had him in like the last 10 minutes of the fight or something to be like hey i'm here for you right would have still come across somewhat funeral and like for like a for like a question session like Mm -hmm. should i go out and fight this guy like like those are the two points that i just felt like rocky should have been here for these two reasons Mm -hmm. if he if he can't be in any other part maybe his cancer came back and he goes and he talks to him in in the home or you know in a or not in a home that sounded worse than i was trying to say there but uh, (laughs) that came out of my that came out of my mouth and i was like that wasn't right uh 
but the, <laughs> the uh but like he, yeah at a center or a hospital or something mm-hmm. like even if that's where he goes and just like ah oh, that's why rocky can't be here mm-hmm. right now because he's here like something some reason to to have him in there for a literal minute would have made sense yeah. but if yeah. he's got some blood with some bad blood with a producer i guess that's- i guess even Michael yeah. Jordan couldn't right. convince that him to come sucks. back, I guess. I don't know. That's and I think it's it's know. so much more noticeable because he was in the two other films. It'd be one yes. thing if he disappeared in like Creed, the first one, and, and then was gone for the second one. But Correct. the fact that he's not only in the film, but is on both posters of the past That's true. Film. Like he is next he's- to Creed. Like in every poster, mm-hmm. it's Creed and Rocky, Creed and Rocky. And then for this one, it's just like, we love, that it's, away. You know, we <laughs> love the individual shots, but it's also like, there's a big presence missing from this franchise. And that doesn't take away from the performance of J- Jonathan Majors and, you know, Michael B. Jordan, but it's also a clear criticism of the fact that this should have been something that they would they should have gone to bat for like mm-hmm. hey like we we need him in this like how can we fix the bad blood what can we do like this franchise needs you in it because we've established you as a constant presence in the home in the ring on the streets so i think that honestly i think that that might be the only knock or i mean there are a few other knocks that i have on the film but i think mm-hmm. they're not being stallone i think is a is a is a bigger knock than i think anything else Agreed. I just um, <clears throat> it's no. Go ahead. No, I was just saying I agree with that because I felt that absence, and I felt like you know Felicia Rashad to me is like the other big PowerPoint PowerPoint big powerhouse actress in the film, and I felt like when she was on screen, it was just solely on her. And then when Majors, you know, he's new, but he's powerful. I'm just missing, like, I'm missing Sylvester Stallone. He had that old school powerhouse. And I felt like that film would have been more complete, you know, especially if scenes where, you know, Adonis talks to him, you know, um, he he plays around with his daughter, you know, with the punching. And stuff. Like, that would have been adorable, you know, being there for the last fight in the end. Um, with the family, like all that would have made sense, but okay. it just sucks to me that because of that one producer. But I don't know. We'll see. I guess. I guess in my head that I guess that means we'll no longer see Stallone if that producer is going to continue if they want to make this a franchise and make another That's one. On. <clears throat> I wonder how much feedback they're getting out of this movie that it felt weird without him. I'm actually a little surprised that we all kind of felt that same way, but like, I guess maybe not. It's not the, I think when I first heard Sylvester Stallone kind of wasn't going to be in this movie, I was like, Oh, okay. They, they can make this work without him. It's about, it's about, it's about Michael B. Jordan anyway, mm-hmm. but, um, but I still have this feedback for it. So it's, um, I'm, I'm curious if, the, if enough people are talking about it and saying it, then there he'll be in the next one. It'll just be like, where'd you, where were you, where were you last year, Rocky? We needed you, like, and they just won't talk about I was it, probably. Sick. But well, then why didn't we see Adonis <laughs> visit you then? Oh no, yeah, told yeah, him to stay was, away. Uh, told him to stay away. Too busy getting, used to busy getting ready to fight his best friend. It's okay. Oh man, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the I think you're right. I think that's. I think all those things are true and are valid. And I, 
I hope that, you know, we could see another one, but I'm also excited for both Michael B and Jonathan Majors because now they get to go back to eating food regularly. Um, <laughs> Jonathan you don't Majors know, is not eating food anytime for these films, soon. <laughs> their, their workout and food regimen for these films is ridiculous. Okay, wait. So my favorite scene is literally the whole workout montage because oh, it showed that's the how, selling point. <laughs> it showed how Adonis is, you know, he of course he has money, but he has a very organized fa- he has family backing him up as far as his coaches, his trainers, their family and, you know, and I, yes, it's very heavy on the cliche of him wearing all white and Damon wearing all black, but like it was so interesting to see him training. It's very, you know, fancy, very Stephen Curry like to me. And then you see Damien, who has had a bit of the scrappy road, and he's punching trees and <laughs> doing all of the the Which scrappiest workout ever. Rocky, right? In this moment, Damien is doing the Rocky workout. Exactly. exactly. And Adonis is doing like the, the almost very almost LeBron James, Stephen Curry like type the, training. He's like doing like the Drago method, which true, is like a true. cool inverse of the characters in the past. Drago has like all mm. like the technology and the wealth and the riches. And then Rocky's like out there punching trees. Yeah. 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 I, I thought that scene was pretty cool to see just it was just the music and everything. And I'm like, dang, this is already saying a lot of how like this fight's going to go. And to me, it also hyped me up because I was like, well, how's this fight going to go? Because they're crazy strong, crazy raw power. There's a lot of just um, unspoken anger between them. It was already hyping me up to like, how's this fight going to go? So I, I, I give props to that scene because that was a nice like, okay, get ready. But then we see the difference of their of their lifestyles or where they're coming from. Um, I did like that. I forgot. I almost forgot about that. That was that was a nice one. Yeah, that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I definitely want to applaud Michael B. Jordan. I think he did amazing with this film, especially since this is the third film. You guys usually third films don't do well, but honestly, I thought this one was better than the second one. Um, okay. I I mm-hmm. really like. I mean, the story is pretty simple, but I like that it was done with care where um, it had a lot of, to me, it had a lot of just messages, especially with mental health. I think towards the end of the movie, and yes, the spoilers, after the fight, where he's checking on Damien and Damien, you know, he does the whole apology, like, I'm so sorry that, you know, I ran away and da da da. And then he, he kind of was, he kind of came to a light where it wasn't on you. And that's him forgiving him and, you know, moving forward. And I was like, is this a like progressive growth? And I think in that type of community, especially with black men in that type of situation, they never want to talk about feelings. They never get away from that past. They kind of stick with it. Um, it it's just at that moment, he was like, it, it, it gave me growth. Or it gave me a, a heart for him to be like, Oh, he's progressing. And, I do want to see his character in this in the story and see where he's where he's gonna go. What's he gonna do? You know, I mean, he literally this was like a big moment for him. Yes, he's older, but I mean, he can do so much, and this can lead him down to having therapy and figuring out what he wants to do. I mean, he was in prison for eighteen years, um, so for him to come to that moment, it was very anime, very very quick. Come to that moment very quickly. I was like, oh, this is. This is really nice. I like that it ended on that note. So good job, Michael. I <clears throat> I think that was done well. Um, and Tessa's 
Tessa's balance of with him was done really mm-hmm. well. Like them balance them them balancing each other out because mm-hmm. he just didn't really want to talk about it. Yes. and all that yes. stuff throughout a lot of that movie, and that balance was really good. And there was some other messages in that movie. And this is this is just basically me going in a rant to say <laughs> Michael B. Jordan has room for growth. Yes, I think he did a good job with this movie, but there's a lot of room for like that daughter storyline just like disappeared. Uh, it almost got it almost it almost like backtracked on itself because they were like, you can't teach your daughter to solve her problems with Purpose. by punching yeah. people, but then that's what you're gonna go do is go solve your problem by going and punching your best friend. Like it was kind of like a backwards mm-hmm. message, uh, and like. So there was there's some other there was some other ones in there that I maybe not some other ones but there was at least one other one I was just like what happened to that storyline um, I guess it's gone now we'll never know how that ended um, and so yeah so Michael Jordan has room for growth I think he did a great job too for his first movie I like you said it was better than the second one which means Michael Jordan's first outing at a as a directorial debut was better than Sylvester Stallone's uh, Creed <laughs> which is, is which is funny but um, oh the cookie crumbles but you know it still had it still has some flaws. He still has some room. He right. will get better, and it will just be – he has some great performers to help him out, and he did a good job performing himself. So, mm-hmm. um, On top of that. That's always <laughs> – on top of that. Like, he might he might do even better when he's not in front of the camera the whole that's movie. That's what I feel, too. Um, mm-hmm. Doing a director. So that's, that, that is something to think about, too, in the grand scheme of how well he did directing. So – we shall see. I look forward to him getting more. He should at least get more work. Or if it's not another creed, it right. be something. Well, I don't. I know he's not directing, but hearing that he is part of the new uh, I Am Legend <laughs> sequel. Um, I didn't realize he was part of that. Yeah, but. that was announced a few weeks ago. Uh, his next big movie for him. Um, I don't know if he's producing. I don't know anything else. I know he's starring as the main character. Um, in that Marlon's already shaking his head um, <laughs> <laughs> on that project. <laughs> I don't want there to be another one of those. I, I mean, I'm the same. Oh, I don't wait. want it. <laughs> a sequel was officially announced in development. Will Smith reprising his role and Michael B. Jordan is set to star. Yep, uh, yep exactly. No. <laughs> I, I didn't realize he was. That's what that meant. Okay. All right. I can't believe they're gonna do. I feel like all they learned is cool, cool. So it was Jaden's fault. <laughs> That's like it's all they learned. It's cool, it's Jamal Jordan take out Jaden Smith. That was the problem. It was Jaden Smith. So like, Jaden Smith was an I am legend. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I'm fully thinking of after. Earth. So sorry. So sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. I feel okay, like okay, uh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> For that one, all they learned was like, great. Like, let's just. Because, like, aren't they going with the deleted scene? They're the alternative ending, they're yeah. going with Not that. So actual, people who didn't even see yeah. it Theatrical, are like, what the hell? People who didn't buy the DVD or exactly. watch it mm-hmm. will not know what's going I'm on. I'm sure they'll... I'm sure they'll cut and like show the they'll begin the movie with the alternate <laughs> yes, scene. Yes, yes. Like, they kind of have yeah. to. Yeah. But, um... I said that about Mandalorian, and a Mandalorian went into first episode of season one and just were like, um, Grogu's here. No, you were right. Yeah, I was watching. I was like, dang, this went the opposite of what it's just, I was expecting that too. Like, who's that? It's Grogu. Welcome back. All right. Welcome back. All right. Let's move on. Yeah, so. I yep, mean, that was just, Creed 3. That's wild. That's wild. It's Creed 3, but I'm still stuck on Iron Legend too. Like, I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mark. Because. I'm bringing it up. <laughs> I just, I just wonder because I feel like 
you had an ending. And yeah. you know, like, actually, people like that, that deleted scene ending way better. We did. Is, we did. This is fully nor how our movie, which if you go and watch it now, it's probably going to have that ending still. Like, now it's just yeah. like, unless they decide to somehow do like a George Lucas and like demand that every version of this film be this version. I mean, so Will has like money. He could version. if he wanted to. He can literally go back I mean, and. I don't, I don't know oh. if I actually saw that altered it into. I remember only seeing it because I remember getting the DVD yeah, from Redbox the DVD. and watching it and being yeah. like, oh, this is a cool ending. It's kind of sad because he dies, but like the other one was too nice because <laughs> it's a happy ending, basically. Yeah. I feel it like- made more sense. To me, it logically mm-hmm. made more, the alternative scene logically made more sense. And I was angry. It answered more questions. Yeah. It, it, it made me angry because I was like, why is, because I remember, it was this was back in college. So I, we were in the dorm room watching this DVD and we watched the alternative scene and we were like, why wasn't this in the movie? This this fits the story better. Okay. That was so long ago. And the fact that they're bringing it back, like, just re, just retconning the whole film. It's like nothing, nothing makes sense. It doesn't even matter. It's just like, oh, we can just say, you know what? It's a whole, it's a whole metaverse. Like everything, different dimensions. We're gonna have to explain it. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like they're they're gonna have to do it because in, if they go by what their original film went like, we don't really get a lot of these emotional zombie things. You just get them being like, I want to hurt that guy. I'm going to yeah. punch that guy. Yep. And then he'd be like, I got to get away from those guys. And now you got to like have the first 10 minutes of this film be like, so let's talk about what really happened and like <laughs> explain my experiments and what I was doing. And basically they were supposed to do what the I Am Legend book did. Yeah. But the movie decided to not do what the book did. And now they're like, oh, we should have done what the book did because now we can do a sequel. But it's like they have to fully It's too make- late. This is a bad choice. This is a dumb idea. A I mean, late- I'm. This was like 15 years ago. Like, but Michael B's in it, and he's and he's contractually obligated to be shirtless at least once. Sure. I'm already calling it. He's gonna be like some military guy. He's gonna be working out. That like happens to run upon him. It's like, oh, you're not supposed to be here. I'm gonna arrest you. And he's like, I have the thing. The zombies can be cured. He's like, you're crazy. I'm gonna take you to this guy. And then the main guy's like, no one should know that the, that these things can come back to life. We have the ultimate power to keep people as zombies. It's gonna ruin the economy. And they're gonna be like, we gotta <laughs> save the zombies. This is like, cool. I'm gonna help you out, Michael. They're not Bruce. zombies. Sorry. What are they calling this zombies. one? Uh, what are they called? Runners? Are they runners? I get them mixed up with World War Z. Vampires? I feel like every film that wants to be a zombie film gives them different names so they're not called zombies. And I'm losing losing track of these names. Last of Us are called the Infected. If I use this as a segue to call them Infected, uh, something that we we, uh, all kind of watched recently was the grand finale of season one of The Last of Us. Um, And... I think um, by the end of all of this, I bet you would all agree that this was probably the best video game adaptation of all time. I would agree. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they did. Uh, they did a good job with everything. I kept. I, I clearly didn't know what. Don't remember what Troy Baker looked like because I thought he was the guy in the earlier episode, but only to find out that he was in the, I thought he was on the horse when they were getting to Jackson. Um, but then he was, but I was like, Oh no, he's the dude that was, uh, 
with, the, with the cult. Uh, yeah. Um, so um, that was, that was, I think, uh, if I had jump into that episode really mm-hmm. quickly, that the very, very end of that episode was my biggest complaint of this whole season was the, what's that guy's name? The, um, uh, the leader of that cult group. I can't think of his name right now. It wasn't Dennis. Was no, it? I think I, that's Troy's character. I think it was, was, was Troy's character. Not John. What was it? David. David. It, it was David. David. Mm-hmm. David. So Father David. Uh, yeah. David in the his last words. Some of his last words. That was the. That was my biggest problem. Was they kind of they almost like made him sound like he he was gonna like try and groom Ellie. Or something. He was like, "We we could have we no, could have had something nice or something like that." And I was like, "Why this wasn't? Why are y'all adding this? Like this 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 just makes it feel creepy now too." And like I don't remember that guy having that extra level of creep. It was still a very high tense, scary, traumatic moment for Ellie without him being a creepster. Yeah, I just didn't like that they added that. Well, it was it was foreshadowed in that episode because of how he treated the other girls, and I think. Well, this is what I was thinking, and this is me. I, I don't know. I don't think this is a woman's perspective, but this is what I was seeing when he was sure. saying about well, how he was treating the girl earlier in the episode. Because, as you know, Ellie killed her father. Um, to me, that was foreshadowing another thing. And so, you know, the dad's dead, and she's crying, and he's all like, you know, she he's in a better place. And the way she was like, her mom and her were reacting to him, I was like, is he like? have extra privilege to to control these people and then how he was just so gunk he was obsessed with bringing ellie back to the village like most guys would be like hey yeah be careful whatever or whatever let her whatever or like how dennis was like let's just shoot her he was like like the words he was using and stuff and then when he said he was a teacher a red flag went up i was like was he those types of teachers that abused his privilege and then this is before he explained Bruce's privilege. And then after all the stuff happened, he realized I want to be in a position like that. So I'm going to be a, like a religious type person to yeah. have control, basically be a cult basically, because everyone yeah. runs up to me, you know, everyone respects me, but then I have control of all the young girls and women that I want. And yeah. when he saw Ellie, there was just something in him that he was just like, I have to have her. I don't know if you saw behind the scenes. They kind of go more into in depth with that. Um, and it was purposely trying to be really, because I was freaking out. I was having an uh, anxiety attack in the end. I was just like, this did not happen in the game. I don't like it, but I understand why they're doing it. But I, oh, I did not like it. That made me, I felt I don't sick. understand why they did it. I feel like they just HBO-ified. They basically put a hat on a hat. He's yeah. already a cannibal. Why make him a rapist cannibal? Pedophile. It's like he's, he's already yeah. terrible. And in the game, they didn't really need to add the lyric. It's like, great, man's shitty as is. He's going to eat her or try to bring her into the group. But now it's like, let's add this additional plot. That's to true. That's probably traumatize her character it made, more. It made him feel. It made him feel less human. Like it. Like it just cheapened his. <laughs> Maybe character that was to the me. point, though. To me, that kind of. I don't know. I keep thinking Walking Dead when I watch this, and I'm like, I think. Again, and this goes, I'll talk about this later, but like the part about human and infected, it's like, yeah, they're both monsters, but at the same time, it's like, there are times where the humans are worse than the infected. And I think this was like a moment of. And I, and I, 
I think that's the, and I still think that's the point. I, what I'm saying, I and I, I like that part about The Last of Us. I actually think The Last of Us does that way better no, than Walking does, Dead ever does. Um, but this, yeah, you're right. I think, but I just think calling him a Walking Dead character is like a negative. Like that, that is because The Last of Us does a better job of showing the humans in both a. Um, understandingly negative light like you get why they are they happen to be shitty now um and this guy just felt like an extra layer of shitty that wasn't necessary and it just made him a comic book character as opposed to like kind of human gray line that like we had to eat people because it was the only way we had to stay we were just gonna die if we didn't and Mm -hmm. so i started lying to the people about it because they weren't going to do it and they were just going to starve because but this is what we had to do yeah, like no. that layer was enough that True. like and so yeah i called it I, i'm glad you said that uh marlon because i called it an hbo thing too because i feel like hbo added rapists to the title of like a bunch of game of thrones characters i kept hearing about i skipped a lot of these seasons so i didn't see all of these but i heard that there was a lot of yep. there was a lot of characters in game of thrones that they added the title rapist to when they if you go back to the books they didn't try and rape anybody in the books and so it does feel like a very hbo thing and it's yeah. just like hbo stop doing this it is it is it is not an extra well, you don't need to traumatize people more it's already a traumatizing exactly. like, show and i think <laughs> yeah i think honestly where i think when I was watching it, I realized that I think I know why they did it. It's because in the game, you're playing it. That's your first time playing as Ellie. And it's a, like the game creates the tension by her being small, by her trying to use her wits to get around. That tension was in the game there. They didn't know how to transit that apparently into mm. the show. Having, cause like they, they weren't going to just, cause like in all instances, if, if you were to read this part of the story, it's probably a paragraph long. Joel gets sick. Ellie tries to help him. Ellie runs into cannibals. Ellie has to kill the cannibals to get away. Ellie flees. Joel comforts her after she has to kill someone for the first time for real. But I think they were like, cool, how do we make this an episode? And also, how do we make it to where it shows a woman being vulnerable? And it always goes this route with HBO. Great. The one sign of a woman being vulnerable, someone's going to sexually assault her. Like that's I go to every I'd time of story. Like, oh, she's truly vulnerable. Every time. Anyone can rape her, and it's like we don't need to see rape to see vulnerability. Like, and she needs that was scarier than the cannibals. I forgot about the cannibals in that moment. I was like, I don't care about them now. <laughs> like, that's the least of my problems. AKA, AKA cheating yes. Yeah, no, they. I'd have rather them like her try to like fight to get out in a point. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they try to like they try to. Uh, attacker or something in the in the trade part of that episode and you she loses the gun and you can just like see her try and like push these people and like attack these people and because she's like 50% of their weight and height and size that it's just like ineffective and she's just bad at it because that was kind of part of the game you Joel was uh, he's like just pile driving and, and checking and what is he a uh, linebacker that's the word I'm looking for yeah. like through, through infected and people and shit and when you get to that section of the game Ellie can't do any of that mm-hmm. and they and they know it and you and you feel it in the in the moments of that game and I just wonder if that would have been a better been way approach better. oh my Oops. gosh yes but just the, the the size of them picking her up pulling her up maybe even like whamming her on the wall I would have I would have been like that's that feeling is more closer to the game than 
that up. Like the way that episode ends and then Joel just pops up, says it's okay, baby girl, and they just walk off in the distance and it ends. Like I just I was like, I don't know if I like this episode. Like that ending was so wild and I was unexpected and uh that was that was I feel like that was too much. But well, yeah, I mean that was I think HBO. they wanted to add something to a property that wasn't there to like I guess put their mark on it, but it did it in such a such a profoundly wrong way, way because when Ellie walks away from that scene, your immediate thought is, what about the other little girls that are there? Exactly. Instead of it ending in, great, she escaped the cannibal group, thank God, now your focus is split because you're like, yep. are we, like, what's going to happen to the little girl? You showed me 18 shots of her looking sad and afraid and her mom and all the other women look like they're just kind of like, just go along with it. Mm-hmm. By us fully being invested in that, there's no payout there because we're not going to come back to those characters. This yeah. scene should have just been about cannibals because mm-hmm. the whole point about it was, hey, this guy, David, seems normal. He's nice. He's helping you out. Oh, shit. This guy actually eats people and is trying to kidnap me because he wants his gang of, of cannibals to have more people so they can continue to grow this group because the whole game is about how people are fractioning off and are coming together in either maleficent ways or other maleficent ways. Like There's like very few people who are doing things that are good for each other. And instead, what they did was they gave us this town of people that is essentially uh, some kind of weird, culty, mm-hmm. rapist com- community. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, great, we're going to leave that community and we're never going to talk about that that family or that group ever again. And it's like, why did you put me through that? Like, that's that didn't help the story along. Nope. Like, why, why is that in here? Like, the whole point was for this child to kill someone. And that's already traumatizing. Now you're tackling on mm-hmm. a scene where this man is holding her down and trying to undo his pants in the middle of the fight. In, in a room of fire. In a room of fire. Like, I you was, took this cannibal. He was trying to undo his pants. I don't remember him trying to yeah, like, no, he was on top of he, like, her. pins her down with one arm. I know he was on top of her. And takes his other arm and puts it, to like, his down belt. in his front. And I'm like, what the hell is going on right now? And I, I was, was like, like, come on. Ah! But I missed that part. I and that's why when Ellie was um, killing him, it felt satisfying because i i was yelling with her when she was i was like no more more you know but i shouldn't be feeling that way i should be going more more because yeah he's trying he's eating people he wanted to get you but no i'm doing it for a whole other reason now and i felt like that took me out of the story because now it's like oh no now it's just like human rights right now hbo hbo (laughs) if you're listening out there anyone who knows someone who works at at hbo they need to know that women aren't to show a woman being strong you don't need to show her being raped they can just be strong through normal adversity because you don't ever show men getting raped and be like great i got raped and it's terrible now i'm a new person and i'm on a, a, the path to like unless unless you're the boondocks they had that whole episode <laughs> and tom tom was being afraid of being anally raped the <laughs> that entire whole time episode. hilarious oh, <laughs> Aaron Magruder. Towards like, crazy things <laughs> there's this weird thing where it's like great if a woman survives rape she's gonna get superpowers or like some kind of like she's, she's gonna tougher. be a whole new character she's gonna be tougher Right. And it's like, which you why see in the next that episode. The metric for strength for women in these shows. Why is surviving rape always your go to? <sighs> this is a child. This is also a child, too. Child. This person is playing. Don't forget, an don't forget who's child. the CEO of HBO now, Marlon. Also, um, that, too. I, I've been screaming about that since the merger. So he wants to continue that style in these shows. I guess so. Terrifying. Um, 
But that's that. That was the second to last episode. Uh, <laughs> the last episode. The last episode. The we all knew it was coming. The shortest the episode. Finale. We all too. Knew, which was a little surprising. That to made me, me angry. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, I actually was like, I saw how I saw the runtime, and I was like, "Holy shit, we're doing this this fast!" Yep. I don't know if that's gonna work. Um, and in the grand scheme of things, I do think it still mostly worked. Um, I don't think they really missed anything. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think. I was more impressed with the like video game fight my way through these people um, scene than I thought I was going to be. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and overall I, I do think they did a good job of adapting that ending. Um, I don't think there was anything that they really missed. I think they hit all the big points and I think the right, the dialogue on the internet was what I thought it was going to be where everyone was just like, Joel was right. Like, you know, kind of dialogue on the internet. And, uh, cause I, I think that was what happened when the first game came out. Um, and people had finished that game and yeah. Yeah. So, um, Yeah, overall, I think that episode works very well for what it is. I do want to get to I the think- important scene, though, with the the doctor. How this slightly difference from the game. Um, not saying this doctor, this doctor never deserved it, but I felt like in the show, the way oh, disagree, the way Joel came in and was like, you know, get away from her. This doctor took the scalpel and was like, and I'm like, that's just asking, like. You're gonna get attacked. I think it's Versus fair. the other doctor was like, "Hey, like," and then Joel was like, "You know, whatever." I felt like to me that was slightly different choices, and I don't know if that was done on purpose. Because then he didn't kill the nurses; he could have killed them, but no, they did. They did what he said. Let her, let her, let him take her. But this doctor, the way I felt like the doctor came at him in the show was like, "I'm gonna stab you with the scalpel," and Joel was like, "Great." Now you give me an excuse to really kill you. Because, no, get out my way. Versus mm-hmm. he enters the room and he just starts blasting. I don't care what you I have mean, to say. I think that was just a plot point. Like, he was going to do it regardless of what... I mean, I think the plot... That had to happen for plot versus, like, actuality. You know, I think it was just like, really, like I have to kill this doctor because the sequel has to happen. Was, I think, the, True. the, the, I just, the bottom it, line it of that. It felt different for me because I was like, wait, he actually was trying to, like, fight him. In a way, versus uh, someone yeah, who no, didn't no, no. even That's, fight him. It's definitely a it's definitely a minor change that ha- has some implications on that scene. Mm-hmm. I do, I disagree, in, and we'll get to this in a couple years when season two comes out. I do think the doctor deserved it. Oh yeah, uh, but, but I was just saying, like the mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, no, that, that's. There's a because the episode also skates over it how I thought they were gonna skate over the like Ellie consent issue with that episode of just like they no one trusts this little girl to no one trusts this little girl to make a good choice and but it doesn't skate over it entirely because I think they gave her more lines than I remember in the game that kind of basically implied had they woken Ellie up and just asked her are you okay with this she would have said yes Mm -hmm. true. because they basically nail on the head with the conversation they have before yeah. mm-hmm. they get they before they get uh, knocked out and brought to the hospital, um, and I don't remember it being that like prominent in the video game, but it's been no, it's been a long time since I played that game. It was played really like I, I will say I think she hinted at wanting to be useful, yep, and wanting to be helpful, 
And I think it's also why it's attached to her, like her enjoyment and love of comic books of like wanting to be a hero and doing what's right. So I think that yeah. does exist there, but I will say, I think the show definitely upped a bit of the language to be very more explicit around like, I would do anything to save people versus a kid being yeah. like, yeah, I want to be helpful. And like that being a kid thing, a kid would say like, I want to be helpful is what this child did say, as opposed to the show being like, I want to give back in a way that changes people yep. to basically yeah. be like, I will do this. And I think if anything, what was really interesting with this change up was the fact that they finally gave an explanation as to how Ellie is immune. Cause in the game, you just told yeah. she's immune. The True. show gave us, the amazing Ashley Johnson, Ashley Johnson who voices course. Ellie, but not gets to play Ellie's mother, who shows that she gives birth, and as she's given birth, she's bitten, and then she snaps the umbilical cord, and in doing so, that gives us the belief that some cordyceps and their whatever cordyceps do got into the bloodstream, and only a bit of it got in there, but enough to where she uh, communicates back with the cordyceps uh, enzymes. That, oh, this person's already infected. We're not going to, you know, turn on this survival mechanism. Mm-hmm. Um, that explanation was never given before. So it's really cool to kind of see that. It also, of course, introduces a whole wealth of biological issues because I was like, cool, like that's not how that works. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's that. And I was, I was at that, I was in that scene like, and this zombie that is clearly not on screen following her finds her in this That's house. How? Mm-hmm. I I I was like, I did because I was like, how? Yeah, it really did. I was like, this this was a Walking Dead moment. <laughs> Just this is this has to happen because her mom from has to die. Window, but like, stairs, yeah. If we want, if we want, we can go into the video game lore. There is a specific type of effect that, that does haunt you. And that's the one. It is. There is, but we. I guess but, so. But the show never gives them that. Like, the, 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 you're it, right. It never gives them like names in the game. You can be like, oh yeah, there's a creature that fully. If you're if you're trying to hide, it will find you and like pop up behind you. And it's a scary. And it will but it's also kill like you. in the game, it's it never really. Like there really isn't like a category. Oh look, that's a shambler. Oh look, that's a so and so. That's a blah blah blah. It's like infected, blanketed. But I admit, yeah, that was very much of like, how is this thing? bloodhounding her across an acre of land into a house up to the second floor. <laughs> yep. Like, this person is like a dog with a bone. Like, I'm not giving up. I'm coming after you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it was wild. But no, I think like scientifically there were some things that are off. I did like how uh, the transition from Joel to video game Joel felt to where like he fully just like because we know that he has like tinnitus in one ear and all of a sudden you kind of hear like that low kind of ringing and then it just kind of just envelops he just kind of goes on autopilot it starts killing everyone yes i love that to kind of show that he just like fully just blacked out of like i am so furious right now and so full of like fatherly love and regret Mm -hmm. at the same time i have to do this and i have no qualms about who i have to murder to do it to just have that be him just fully mowing down grabbing guns Mando which you do in, in the game you shoot people you run out of ammo you steal their ammo you steal their he guns it felt true to the game and it was so great um i think honestly best adaptation out there had some hips it had some hiccups here and there but the way that they stayed true to the source material felt 
it felt right. It felt good. And it did also felt murky, which I think is what great works do. They have people who will argue back and forth around would they, should they, and this is going to do so. And when season two starts, it's going to be another Yikes. round of people on the internet who've never seen the game before and are like, what do you mean this is what happens? So... As you know, with Neil, he says he's not what we had talked about of maybe he'll show things a little bit differently. And it's been on the record that he's like, I'm not changing anything. I'm going to have it the way I had it in the game. And I was like, perfect. Okay, but I was hoping for some. I don't know. He said that, but I'm hoping how he did with this show. He'll have more time, like with all the gameplay aside, he'll have more time to put in more characterization so that Mm -hmm. things would make a little more sense. I felt like there was pockets of question marks in the second game, but I was like hoping he would be like, oh no, I'm I actually have ideas. I'm just saying that they used Laura Bailey so early. Yeah, like I feel like it's like unless they bring back this nurse character for a second season, it's gonna kind of suck. I feel like they did a good job of bringing in all the voice actors of this game this season. Mm-hmm. They kind of jumped the gun with Laura Bailey, but I mean, it was cool to see her as a nurse. But are we gonna see her pop back up again when Abby comes running around or not? There's gonna Could be a big be. question. What if Laura Bailey is like her mother? <laughs> <laughs> she kills your father. You got to go kill her. I'm just after all of that. I'm real curious what they. Um, how do they handle uh, Lev um, oh. in this show? Like, I'm just, I'm just real curious because I feel like of the characters mm. from that second game, mm-hmm. Lev got the, Lev got the worst treatment as far as like character development mm-hmm. and like time. I feel like, um, and so they have more, oh, no. they have less fighting, so they have more time True. to do something with them. <sighs> so I'm like, will they do a better job? Will the internet? It's another cult uh, scene too. Yeah, some of that stuff is going to be really weird and interesting mm. and and stuff. So like, there's there's a lot of stuff that is going to be. Will we just get a much better like Lev episode? I think we, we kind of got to. some of these. Like we kind of have to yeah. over the course of the show. I mean, but it's going to be where in the pacing do they fit yeah, that in? Because I'm, I'm also really curious how they're going to do this pacing with Ellie and uh, Ellie and Abby's story. Um, Take a note so, from yeah, Mandalorian no. and just have half the episode be about them and then That's cut exactly it off and the other half is about Lev, like in yeah. this last episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I still, I'm one episode behind a Mandalorian. Okay. Definitely check that um, one. I heard it was really long this past week. It was long, but it was long because they put long. two stories in it. So it was literally just like okay. half, stop, back, uh, some other person's story, stop. And then the Back end of that first the, half of the story. Yeah. So I'm I was wondering if we're going to get a lot of shows like that where maybe the first <laughs> big major episodes, they deal with the small town in Jackson. They deal with the fallout between Abby and Ellie and Joel. And then we get like some some word about, you know, Abby going back. And then we get our first talk about scars. And then we start getting some scar episodes from both angles and then some wolf episodes. This also might be why it's going to be two seasons for the second game, because mm. there's a ton of characters that are happening there's the wolf stories there's the yeah, scar I, stories and there's just like the two i'm not Ellie. feeling the two seasons myself i actually think that's gonna be too long too long I feel like that's just what gonna, i said yeah. i will i i was hoping for a different direction but he 
he's very adamant of keeping things the way it should and i'm like Okay. Well, then he's going to probably drop some character work. Then, I mean, mm. we might drop down that I, major group with Abby's friends down to three instead of like a vendetta against five or six different people. Just truncate yeah. that group. Because the, the, the getting to the point in that game where Abby and Ellie have their like really big mm-hmm. interaction. Mm-hmm. That was after the whole. That was after the whole story with Abby, where um, they were trying to save Lev from the island and all that stuff, right? From Abby's perspective, yes. Okay, because when I'm Abby shows sure up, for, that yeah. person is there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, that's the point where I was like, if they get to a stopping point in this season, I feel like getting through hmm. that is would be a good stopping point but if they are but if i just i'm like man if they're trying to do 18 episodes with this game i feel like that's going to be too much much. um but we'll see we'll see i mean it's hbo they're going to want it to last as long as possible you know they will and i mean who knows maybe by the time they drop this first episode of the second season or maybe before then they'll probably say hey the last of us three is going to be coming out soon uh or whatever i feel like this is gonna be a great like Ooh. time to like tie in hey our next game our final of the trilogy is coming out or the saga is coming out just to kind of plug it in i remember we were hearing that that was supposed to be like a a, a co-op game yeah. did i already did i already put out there to y'all the idea that maybe that maybe it's been so long since we've heard anything about it because they've been planning a looter shooter this whole time <sighs> and they are way. they're trying to like they're like trying to fix it and, and like behind the scenes no. stop it it's just no, you're it would it would League. you're not talking about the third game no way no i'm talking about the third no. last of us game i it's i would i would not be surprised stop. if they've been building a looter shooter for years <laughs> and they've been seeing all of this fallout of looter shooters the past couple of years and they've been like oh shit what do well, we do what do we do what do we do like, <laughs> y'all better fix it we're not buying it i hope i'm wrong but i almost feel like in the back of my head that's what naughty dog's been doing because that's what everyone was doing oh god oh, i'm disappointed because i feel like they're one of the studios that have like done like these very intricate sets and acting work with their casts of like, we want you to be actors and want you to fully get this BAFTA award. still do all of that with the looter shooter. Yeah. Look at Kill Kill the Justice League. Their graphics are amazing. It looks cinematic. great? No. No, but I mean, it fits with the (laughs) cookiness of DC World. But then we found out it was the looter shooter and then we're like, ah... I'll just well, watch cutscenes on YouTube. You know, <laughs> uh, I hope not. And knowing Neil, he's he is a wild card, and like I'm not gonna hate on his. He's a genius writer, but like at the same time, it's like I don't know. It, it's hard. Like he's doing both. That's that's one thing. I'm like that's really cool, but not cool at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. And you're playing from the adaptation side and on the video game side, and then having more control of hey, so we can actually tweak some things on the third game because this was a trend. And I'm like, mm, Jesus I, Christ. I don't like that That'd idea. be such a change of form for them, though. But, mm-hmm. I mean, in the pursuit to make more money, I wouldn't be surprised. But, yeah, that's just such a change money, for money, money. that group. Hopefully they don't, but I do think that 
yeah, so far this show holds the title as one of the best yep. video game adaptations. It does, and also sets a bar mm-hmm. for I think everyone else to follow. Um, so hopefully we start seeing some much better quality work. But we also know that, that Nintendo has now gotten a huge W. They got an L when they dropped that Uncharted movie because if you hadn't seen Uncharted in the beginning, one of the credits for Uncharted is a whole PlayStation Sony Marvel esque opener where Aloy fires an arrow oh, and a robot gosh. grabs it and then it turns into like a bunch of other video game charted Uncharted and it turns into Last of Us and it goes Sony PlayStation. So they finally have a pin in their hat of like, okay. Uncharted sucked, but Last of Us was perfect. So hopefully they've learned a lesson. So they're feeling and they good can, about uh, themselves. Move forward with something better. Oh, Ray, I'm sad. I'm very just, sad. Yeah, I that that article is from October. Sorry, uh, listeners. I just I in looking at something, I found an article titled. Uh, the what is it? The Last of Us multiplayer game will reportedly be very, very live servicey, and apparently that information was out in the world already. And I just didn't look it up before this conversation no. today. So, um, yes, oh, I, I can't imagine that they are. I can't imagine that they're not changing it right now. Like, like they they aren't. I can't imagine that they aren't trying to do something to make it better than what because they have to have seen all of this feedback that and hate that. Kill the Justice League has well, gotten. Do y'all so remember we'll in the first one there was a there was a multiplayer uh there was. <laughs> there was a multiplayer game. The second one didn't have it, but the first one had everyone's like, this is terrible. We don't want this. Mm-hmm. So they didn't put it in a second. I heard one. the opposite. I heard there was uh, the people that played it, I thought they really loved it. Oh, I had the I was like, this is, doesn't make any sense. Like I'm very confused why this is even a thing we have in this arena. Like you go I go from the storyline to now be like, great, secure the area. <laughs> Oh yeah, well it's. A, I think they did that. That one felt. That one felt normal because of uh, Uncharted, because um, Uncharted had Uncharted two and Uncharted three. They both had multiplayer games that were really that fun. Really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, not for Last of and Us. And I think I think that's why they wanted to do it with Last of Us. Um, I didn't play a whole lot of the Last of Us one, but that's just because I didn't play a whole lot of that game. I think I played it once and moved on with my. That's fair. It's a pretty that hard point. game to play more than once. Yeah, it's heavy on the mm-hmm. on the subject matter. Um, well, I mean, let, yeah. let's go to a more hyper, you know, fun subject matter, which is you know, Moon Girl and uh, her, her good buddy, the Devil Dinosaur. So, hey, as you know, I try to keep up with Marvel. I told myself mm-hmm. I was taking a break, but honestly, you guys, I've never even read the comic book series of this. It was actually Travis, who is a big fan and his he was so excited and I didn't understand why. He had watched the first three episodes and then he was like, Kat, you gonna love this show. And I was like, I don't know what this show is about. I <laughs> I saw the first episode and I was like, oh yeah, this show Marley, you're gonna say it's definitely up my alley. Um, it, it's 100%. like it's like it's like a cross between like Proud Family with a little bit of Jimmy Neutron and then Black Girl Magic. So it's like, it has everything that I didn't know I needed. Um, and, and if you never heard of the story, in the show, um, it's a super smart, brilliant girl named Lunella. Um, she's a genius. She goes to a really cool uh, school in Manhattan. Think of like the school that Tom Holland goes to in the Spider-Man uh, movies. Mm-hmm. Um, her family lives in the Lower East Side, so now we're representing a new area in Manhattan. Her family runs a roller skate ring, which is really cool. Um, 
And in between her doing projects, she was trying to do, uh, she's trying to replicate this one scientific project that she, for the scientists that she like loves her, she dubs her moon girl. She accidentally opens a portal where a red dinosaur pops out, um, chaos ensues. Um, on top of that, uh, the first episode had like a type of power. There's a little bit of Powerpuff Girlness, like in the villains. Like all the villains mm-hmm. give me Powerpuff Girl villain energy. It's so good. Uh, it's so good. So like the first villain, she definitely gives me like that Medusa. If you remember Medusa from Powerpuff Girls, she gives me that energy. Um, she is taking the power. So you know, in New York in the summer, that's not good. Um, so. You know, this is when uh, Lunella kind of comes into her own and how can I, what can I do to save my family and their business? But then what can I do with this dinosaur? And then what can I do? I'm a really brilliant 13 year old. And that kind of started up her whole moon girl identity with her sidekick who she had to train, which was so cute. She had to train the dinosaur. Um, and they decide, hey, we can actually save our city and go to school and be a good daughter with the family at the same time. And then each episode to me really speaks to me because it's, it's like the writers I can tell are very mindful with, I think like not the stereotypal black girl magic thing, but it definitely falls on that. It's even in the chorus of the song when it comes on, but I really like that the diversity on the show is amazing. Like you get all kinds of people of all walks of life in here, which is really great. I think even for a kid show, like if you're a kid, this is a good show. I would say, yeah, show your kids, but also because the marvelness, if that's a word, the marvelness of the show is apparent, but it's like, it takes it, it doesn't make it feel like, I can't think of a Marvel show, like a cartoon Marvel show, but it doesn't feel like a Marvel show at the same time. It's only when they bring up villains that you've heard before, like what's it the beyonder like oh yeah now we're back into the marvel universe but everything else it just you forget you're watching a marvel show it does feel like you're watching like a show like proud family where it's just a girl going adventures with her dinosaur and then um but it doesn't feel like like a little girl show it, it actually feels like a show anybody could watch um and everyone can identify because it's like she she uses her brain to stop uh, crime and stuff, but then at the same time she comes into uh, situations where it's like she learns about herself or she learns about the people around her. Like she 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 knows that she likes to win, so she's a bit uh, one. She's pretty self centered when it comes to winning, and that's a whole episode when it comes to her against a com- supercomputer who like defeats her. So it's like moments like that that I I just really enjoy. But the yeah, voice think- acting. Didn't even get into the voice acting. Um, Lars Fishburne executive produced this, um, and we have I didn't even forget the list, but I know he does of uh, the voice of the big villain that she faces Beyonder. Um, His name is Backstory Man. Yeah, he's also uh, the narrator of the. Um, sorry, do you already have the <laughs> cast yeah. of the voice actors? Well, yeah. yeah, I just wanted to kind of jump in and just also just say like you know the show is starting out it's really great mm-hmm. um it does a great job of balancing a lot of the storytelling but i think one of the selling points major selling points of this show happens to be the style of animation that happens to go on with it yes it's a beautiful 2d style animation a lot of folks were definitely expecting it to be uh or look and sound kind of very much like uh the spider-verse yeah. it kind of has its own kind of take on this 2d style of animation especially 
it comes from a comic book. So they definitely are utilizing a lot of splash colors, a lot of automatopias now and then. But the soundtrack has also been so uh, the heart and soul of this show in a big way. Uh, and it also has a lot of royalty on this show. Like you have Alfre Woodard is in the show. Mm-hmm. Sashir Zamata. You have Gary Anthony Williams, a.k.a. Uncle Ruckus. Yeah. You got uh, Jermaine Fowler. You have Utush Ambutugar, who is also a comedian on a bunch of other things. You also have Omid Abadi, who I think is also in a couple of other things. But the cast and crew of this show are people that we've seen in other properties and seeing them lend their voices into this uh, very black show feels great. Very and <laughs> it helps that, you know, it just feels way more authentic than I think uh, a, a property could possibly feel they were just kind of shoved in our faces this feels organic it feels great uh and it also feels within this world uh you feel that like it's individual size and trying to bite anything it's providing its own take on things and it's really doing a, a great service on social media when they released one of their roller derby episodes um was a point of their advertising and in that roller derby episode you might have noticed they played a childish gambino song yep. in the background while moon girl is fighting a character and she's like dancing and skating to the Childish Gambino song, which of course, thankfully, uh, is not playing all super the bad edited. words. It's super but, edited. <laughs> and it works so well. And, you had, and at first you're thinking, oh, someone like laid the sound over it. But no, she at some point is singing along with a Childish Gambino song as she's fighting this villain. And all the animation goes with the song as well. Uh, and it just really feels super cool. We're like, oh my God, the show is for kids, but it's pulling in the Childish Gambino song. Yes. Okay, this is a nice sick beat. And every episode does a great service to music. So if you haven't checked it out, Moon Girl and Dinosaur, Disney Plus is definitely a fun watch. Each each fighting scene in every episode is basically a music is a two-minute music video of the fighting. And that could that could be any type of animation style. But the music, again, the executive music producer is Raphael Sadiq, who you know executive produce insecure. And you remember that soundtrack was the best, last best, best soundtrack. So, yeah, if you if that's even your thing, like that's to me, that's my favorite part of every episode is what song are they going to play when she faces down the villain um, on that? But yeah, it's out right now. I think we're up to 10 episodes mm-hmm. currently. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. To me, this is the best Marvel thing out there in a while. Like, I was, I, I keep forgetting it's Marvel. Um, I, I'm hoping to see more seasons from this show. For, for real. Heck yeah. And then, you know, to round out our, our series of Disney Plus, Mando has <laughs> been out. Two episodes so far. And Ray, you've, sorry, three episodes so far. Ray, you've seen two. Which is great. You saw the last of the. You saw the last part of the second episode, which is a big, big deal. Um, you saw the creature, correct? Um. Well. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> the mythosaur. I almost forgot it happened. Yeah. <laughs> it happened. <laughs> it did happen, and it was huge. We we jumped right into this redemption saga because if you remember, uh, Din was stay taking off that helmet. Oh, he just stayed taking off that helmet. And they're like, my boy, you can't. This is, you gotta, you either gotta go you gotta cleanse go. yourself in the waters of Lake Manitanka, or <laughs> you're just, you're just an apostate. <laughs> and it was great to kind of see, we 
and of course, I think the issue we're trying to see here, we are noticing that the pacing from the first episode is very much like we have no time to explain what happened. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go moving forward. Whatever happened in the past, happened in the past. I can catch up on Disney Plus. Anyway, moving <laughs> I love forward. It. I love it. back. Did he finish his teachings? We all know. We got to go to Mandalore. <laughs> yes, yep. I, I like that they jump right in because I, I I know for me I was like please don't be a recap episode. It's a waste of an episode, but um, they jumped right in. Um, already was like, we're going to Mandalore immediately. And I was like, damn, okay. And that led up to um, he actually going there. What did you guys think when you first saw it? Uh, it, it, it is a long time coming. Yes. I, it's a big it's a big place in the Star Wars universe to say we've never been to that planet in live action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, that part's nice. Um, I I'm looking forward to catching up on this third episode because yes. it looked like it was finally going to like really start diving into stuff. Yes. The, the, this is it's a the first two episodes were just a reminder that Mandalorian was not the show that like if you were expecting something big to happen every single week, mm-hmm. you are watching the wrong television show. Like it is, uh, there will be some weeks that like it's just. Nothing. It's just Mandalorian, Grogu, and some frog people, like <laughs> and and like just like stuff like that will just happen, and you just feel like, up oh, is is Grogu gonna eat that thing? Uh, find out on this it's episode really of the Mandalorian, like, space. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, I I I don't um, I don't miss that side of their pacing, mm-hmm. but I do. I, it's it's to bring out the world more. It's to let Grogu get into some hijinks. It's to it's hijinks. to just show show beautiful things that they have put together in that world. And um, so that part has been nice um, for sure. Uh, so I I was enjoying the first two episodes. Uh, Bo-Katan and the first one did not feel like Bo-Katan at all. But uh, I hear these past two episodes, she has been. She has been Bo-Katan, so that part's nice because that, yeah. that first one I was just like, hold on. She is, what is she doing just sad in the corner? That's, <laughs> She's being that has never been her character. <laughs> I want to pick your brain she is, no. for one thing that bothered the hell out of me in episode two. That whole damn droid thing was so annoying. What? I have to get this droid back. The droid's broken. I want him. He's not going to work. Make him work. I don't have the part. Where can I find the part? I don't know. I'll go find the part. Hey, other woman, fix this droid. I can't fix him. You got to fix him. I can't. I have another droid. Okay, I'll take that droid then. That's true. That was, was, like, what the hell that was doing too much. Only, only for the whole point of that to come to. He gives up. He gets this other droid that was clearly like not a good idea. Yes. Uh, and... And only for it to be seriously not a good idea. Like the man almost died because he he took this bad droid for this lady. I'm actually really hoping he goes back and is like, "Hey, lady, this was a why did you why did?" But it's kind of his fault because he he should have known better right. anyway. Because um, so he, he should have waited for IG. Like, he, or they just should have written in that he could have been fixed easier. Because, because uh, I mean, like he needed backup. But I guess it it was a it was a reason for Bogotan to come be his backup mm-hmm. in this quest. Yeah. So that's fine. It, it, it literally felt like the longest fetch quest in the basic RPG game. You're right. Like, oh, I can't fix that traveler. Go try the next town. Oh, I don't have the piece for that. 
you should go to this other town. And you're like, if one more person tells you they cannot fix this armor, I'm turning this game off. <laughs> and I was like, come on now, dude. They're giving you this huge... You are giving yourself this fetch quest. Just get a basic droid. All you needed to do is test the atmosphere. Yeah. And that's it. That's the only job you had for him was, he was just is it cool stubborn. to breathe outside? And it's like, you needed what... Like, there are multiple... And like, at some point, someone's like, hey, other droids exist. And they told him that he can get any other droid to do that. He was like, but I need this guy part, there before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know... I understood, because that was the whole point of his character going back to season one, mm-hmm. is that he That's didn't like it, droids. Yeah. And so for him... <laughs> so, like, that part... That part at least matched. It just took too yeah. long for for like what they were trying to like. It just felt like it was a long mm. process. Mm-hmm. But it made sense to me that he'd only really wanted the the, the droid that nice. he knew he or he could trust right. already. Yeah, <laughs> that's oh, true. Man. But yeah, but hey, only for the, one of the corniest lines of all time when they did bring the IG droid alive in that episode, <laughs> uh, and and like I was just like, wait a second, y'all just. Y'all just had a whole scene where you shot up some pirates real fast and real easy, like it was nothing. And then you go inside here on this table, and this this robot with one arm is dragging himself across the ground, and none of you can hit him with a laser blast. I got stormtrooper aim. I'm, I'm <laughs> conveniently. No, no, it's even worse. Let's let's take it further back. When the Mandalorians, who I don't know what the training has been like for these people, for but they are terrible at their job. Yep. This creature comes out of the water. And they are, no one flies. No one no flies. No one realizes mm-hmm. they can get distance away from this thing because they oh, have the first episode. And I I'm was like, confused too. Fly. I kept thinking myself, fly. Why aren't you all flying? Fly in the air and shoot this thing. They're all staying on the ground. They get in the water. And I'm like, you are supposed to be Galactic Bounty Hunters. What is happening? I don't know. I mean, maybe this is like them saying, hey, this is a bad the Mandalorians are right now. They're, they're terrible. But I'm just like, <laughs> y'all are this elite war group who like all have jetpacks, all have taser guns. They're just like, I can't get this creature down. Let me tie a rope to this giant animal because I know I can hold it. Me being a regular sized person holding a giant with a piece of string. With no superpowers. Literally, I'm like, why are you trying to grab it? Don't use grappling hooks. You're not strong enough for this. Yeah, that scene was a mess. I I was like, I mean, I know when they did it, just to set it up for Mando to have a fancy true, entrance. True. But still, it was like, don't y'all fly? Can't, don't you coordinate a way where you can take down your enemy? Has this happened before? And how did you defeat this? Like, there was just too like, many literally, words. I was expecting, it, even the main uh, forger, I was expecting her to be like, great, alpha position. Everyone do some kind of maneuver. But literally, all she was like, get the younglings inside the cave. And then that was her only direction. And I'm like, y'all, you're a galactic group of people who are known to hunt monsters and people. And And take them out. (laughs) Mind you, and we just saw them in the first season, the first, uh, like in the first season, how they all came together and just obliterated stormtroopers in a beautiful way. But now they just lost their way. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. This is not the way. (laughs) Not the way. Uh, That was not the way. Hell no. But I'm excited to see what they wind up doing. Yes. Um, and this season so far, this next episode, Ray, when you watch it, it is very. Oh, Ray, I cannot wait for you to watch this episode. Um, 
So three. There's a lot to take away. There's a lot of Easter egg. Well, Travis told me there's a lot of Easter eggs in this episode. Um, I hope you enjoy all the treats that Dave Filoni left for you. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I will. I always do. That's yeah. why he's my favorite. Heck yeah. And I'm going to toss it back to you, Kat, because I don't think I got anything else. So I guess that's all we yeah, have today. Thank you guys so much to that uh, of all that we talked about today. Listeners, don't forget that we have social media on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and on KeepForgePodcast.com. With that being said, be safe, be good to each other, and geek on. This episode of Quest On Media's Geek Force was produced in Richmond, California.